are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks, everybody, for joining me today on this Wednesday, which means it's a winky Wednesday. Nicholas. 801. 801. Actual retail price. Oh, 810. Nicholas. <laughs> I never get phone, man. I, this is actually the wrong one. I meant to hit the come on down button, but I hit the, uh, this. that was the winning, uh, That that's better anyways. That's a better introduction. Welcome Nick Winkler to the show. Sheer joy coming out of my mouth. Oh, you were crazy. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy so uh yeah the the owen niners it's it's been a a, a great first uh you know half and, and one game of the season so far hey r- really like if i had to give um sort of uh, an mvp for that last game uh it, i think it's got to be cj bethard right just for taking all those hits and not coming out of the game i mean i just couldn't believe he just kept getting up kept getting up a couple times like oh you took another big hit you're down now you're down now. oh no there you go you're back, man. All right. All right. Yeah, just keep doing it, kid. You, you got to love that he he's not he's unafraid because he'll just go right back and do it again the very next play, man. You got to love that. Maybe that's, you know, the biggest thing that Shanahan saw in this guy coming out of Iowa. No, I, I totally agree. And that's why I gave him a game ball. I mean, he threw for less than 50 percent. Right. Uh, he, he threw it 51 times, completed 24 passes, uh, 294 yards. You know, it's funny. I think this is the second game in a row. He actually threw for more yards than the opposing quarterback in like in a pretty easy defeat, uh, yeah. which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, 294 yards, completed 24 of 51. But I mean, we talked about early in season two, man. It's like you don't want Brian Hoyer to be throwing the ball 40 times. And now it's like you don't want C.J. Beathard to be throwing the ball 51 times. I mean, how many? Right. How high can they go with these attempt totals for their quarterbacks? And, and yeah, getting him killed and the fact that he was able to get up every time and there were so many hits that – you thought, oh, that's it. Nope, he's coming out, and we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no, let's not get him killed, too. You know, uh, But he stayed in there, and he took it, man. And so, yeah, ultimate amount of respect. No matter how C.J. Beathard's career goes, I think we're always going to remember back to that game. Like, remember when C.J. Beathard was our quarterback for a few games, and he just got pummeled? Yeah, but and, you it, know, it's funny, too, because you know before the season started, we were doing the over-under on how many games until we saw Beathard. And I just remember us both being like, yeah, let's just keep him out. We don't want him to get in there and just get beaten, you know, and just, just get worked over and, <laughs> you know, ruin the poor man's career. And yet, you know, here we go. He's in there. He's taking a beating. But, you know, maybe he's just, you know, he's learning on the fly. And, you know, his reads aren't quick enough. And, you know, he's not releasing the ball fast enough or anything. But he's a rookie, you know, and, and maybe three years from now. Four years from now, he turns into something really special. And, and you know, this this experience is invaluable. Right. And if it doesn't break him, it makes him, makes him stronger, right? I guess that's yeah, yeah, sort sure. of the uh, the corny way to put it. But, you know, that's that's the type of player he is. So I'm, I'm sure he's got some respect in the locker room. I know it sounds from uh, hearing Kyle Shanahan speak about him, definitely some, some respect there and certainly from respect from us here. And I think a lot of fans, you know, because a lot of times the backup quarterback or, or when a quarterback's playing and losing, fans will just crap on him. They will just pile yeah. on and I don't hear a lot of that with Beathard. People are like, oh, God, man, it's pretty impressive that he's able to take that. Even if fans don't really believe in him or necessarily want him to be the starting quarterback, I haven't heard a lot of bad things said about C.J. Beathard, which is a pretty impressive thing to be yeah. uh, a quarterback of an 0-9 team, and, and not many people are bad-mouthing you. Yeah, and, you know, there's something to be said for toughness, you know, and this kid's definitely showing it out there, you know, week in and week out. And, uh, you know, it's funny because – 
you know, last week we, we did this and, and Garoppolo had just been signed in this and that. And so that, it's a funny story. The next morning um, I was at work and I sent my wife, you know, she, she lovingly, you know, it's like, Oh, that's really cool, honey. You know, when I talk sports, she could care less, right. but so, <laughs> so I send her, um, I just did the article of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. I'm like, look what we did, honey. Like, this is awesome. And so she, her response was, Oh my goodness with dots. And I'm just like, what does that mean? And then she sends me an audio file and I want to play it for you. Okay. <laughs> this, this is what I get after that. This is she, she, she's like, she's like, this is what I think. And then sent this to me. Quarterback, like handsome. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's like, she's like, so like, Oh, quarterback, Nick handsome. Like she's just <laughs> so into it. I was like, Oh, that's a pretty good nickname. Cause he is a pretty handsome guy, but wait, wait, yeah, you, you sounded way too into that, honey. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit frightening actually. I know, how into yeah. that she was a little emasculating. Yeah. You can get her to watch the games with you more now, right? There you go. No, he has a helmet on all the time. So that might be tough. But right now I can get her to, I'm like, look, he's on the sideline without his helmet on. It's standing right behind the coach. So there's going to be a lot of shots of him. <laughs> Perfect. Good call. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Garoppolo, when do you want him in there? Do you want uh, him you in know, there at we, all with the way CJ Beathard is getting pounded? No, you, you definitely don't want him in there this weekend, you know, unless he has a grasp of the offense and they can roll out some sort of, you know, you know, minor scheme scheme of things. And maybe you just bring him in for a couple series here and there and just kind of let him get his feet wet. And then you go into the bye week. So that's two more weeks that this guy's going to get to prepare. And, and then maybe you bring him in. I mean, but if he's not ready, you don't. You know, I mean, I, I'd love to see him out there. You know, we don't want to win games. We don't have to win games. But at the same time, you want to see if this kid can play. You know, he's up for a big, pretty big contract going into the offseason. And you want to know if you're going to invest in this guy, if, if he's going to understand this system. And if he's going to be able to process it quickly enough, you know, and have that pocket courage that we were talking about so much with C.J. Beathard. You know, does Garoppolo have that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, when he played in New England, he looked great. The limited time he was in there, but can he grasp the Kyle Shanahan offense? I want to see it. And I, I'd love to see it coming out of the bye week. What do you think? A lot of people have said they don't want him to play at all, and I think that's crazy. I, yeah. I think he should get in there as much as possible, get as many reps as possible, and so he can hit the ground running in 2018. And I would love to see him prove that he is going to be the long-term guy and at least see that, you know, I want to see how clearly better he is than Beathard just out there moving around running the offense and and like you said, once he knows the offense, knows it enough to run a certain amount of plays, I don't care if he only knows, you know, a quarter of the playbook or half the playbook or whatever. Just run the stuff he knows. And because, I mean, you're not game planning to win games at this point. So right. you're it's straight up development mode. So treat this as right now you're in OTAs with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, and by the end of the season, you've run through the preseason. So that's that's the way I would look at this with Jimmy Garoppolo. Get him ready. Get him versed in the playbook as well as you can and run the stuff he knows and let's see what he can do. And don't let him throw the ball 51 times. If he's getting hammered back there, that was that, yeah. that would, that would be the way I would play it. But I definitely want to see him out there as much as possible, probably starting after the bye week And I think it's interesting because Shanahan was like, yeah, no, he's not ready to play at all last week. And then after the game this week, he was asked, Shanahan was asked again about bringing a third quarterback up, either signing somebody or, like Barkley or bringing Nick Mullins up off the practice squad. And I thought his response was interesting because it kind of changed. And his response was, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Barkley's been away from us for a while. So Garoppolo would be just as good anyways. He's, he's just as ready. So it's like, oh, okay. So that means, you know, that's at least a step closer he took to being able to be ready to play. And I would be surprised if he played next week unless he was forced into action. But at least 
Shanahan basically said, yeah, you know, he could play as well as anybody else we'd bring up off the street at this point already. So that tells me, all right, well, he's getting close. And so after this week and then after the bye, I would assume, yeah, that uh, that week 12 game at home against the Seahawks, that, that would be I, the one. You, you, I, I think we might see him this weekend. I, I definitely have a feeling that it, it would be, you know, if he has, like I said, at least a small grasp of the offense and you can bring in some limited plays and you kind of, you know, maybe you got 15 plays, 20 plays that this guy can run and you bring him in for a series against a very bad New York Giants defense. That way, the whole bye week, you've got game film to study. You know, you've got, oh, here's what here's what happened there. You know, you can look at practice film all you want, but we're talking about game speed. We're talking about being in the thick of it. You put this guy out there, maybe just for a series, maybe for two you know, maybe if he starts rolling, you know, you you, you keep keep him out there. But I, I really think they should get this guy in there if, you know, he's not going to get his head taken off. Obviously, if, if he could function as a quarterback in this offense, I want to see him under center just just to give him that little bit of extra study time uh, for those two weeks during the bye week. Right. Yeah. And study time is key. And maybe you see some before the bye, then you have something to work on during the bye. Just, you know, gives you an extra, you know, an, another assignment for, of homework to work on. But one thing I will say is. Going back to Atlanta with Matt Ryan and the Falcons and Kyle Shanahan, he was there for a couple of years as the coordinator. The first year they weren't, they didn't take off as an offense. Uh, you know, and they went through some growing pains and learned the offense mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Then year two, they went crazy and set records as an offense. So w- one of the reasons why I want Garoppolo to get as much work as he can is because I want him to go through those year one growing pains now before he signs a long-term contract and then have him be year two Jimmy Garoppolo under Kyle Shanahan Next year, with more weapons, better line, and and start to really do some things, be all signed up and just be ready to go. That's what that's what I want to see. So get as much of that out of the way as possible because it's not an right. easy offense to learn. This is still you know this is year one. He has half a year instead of a full year in training camp. But get as much done as you can there, so he's as good as he can be in the offense next year. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense to me. And you, you know, if you are going to invest in this guy, and you know, you traded. You know, second round pick for this guy. You definitely think highly of him. I know there's been a lot of talk about, oh, what about, you know, you keep him, you dangle him and you get more than you traded for him, you know, and then you, you know, you use a draft pick or you go out and you sign Kirk Cousins and this and that. And, you know, I think one of our mailbag questions also addresses that. And I, you know, if you can get something great for him, great. But this is, this is the guy you're looking for. Like you're looking for the strong arm quarterback, you know, who, who has some NFL experience, who can get in there. He's a smart kid. Shanahan liked him when he was in college. You know, I mean, this is the perfect style quarterback for this system so to me it just it would seem like a big step back I think if, if you did that because right now like if you can get this guy for he's going to cost you a lot less than Kirk Cousins is I mean that that just seems like a, a, a no-brainer right and then you could spend that money elsewhere you know on, on some more linemen or you know maybe you you go and you bring in you know a veteran wide receiver to go alongside Garcon and you know and or or, you know, to kind of show, push Goodwin a little bit or push Taylor. and Or, you you know, there's a, quite a few defensive backs out there, too, that are going to be free agents in the offseason. So I, I I like the idea of getting more draft picks, but at the same time, like, th- this seems like the perfect fit, right? Absolutely. I love the fit. I, I've talked about yeah. it on the show. Just, just the fact that he's enough – I mean, he's, what, four years younger than Cousins? Yeah. And he's going to make $10 million a year less than Cousins – depending on, you know, what each of these guys get, but something like that, uh, that's enough. That's worth a second rounder right there. Yeah. And so he's got a little bit touch more upside too than Kirk Cousins, I think, but less safe because you know exactly what Kirk Cousins is coming in right now. And Kirk Cousins is in the middle of his prime. Jimmy Garoppolo, not there yet. 
But uh, yeah, I love the move, and I, I especially versus drafting a quarterback number two overall or whatever it would take, you know, wherever the 49ers draft. Yeah, I love the move. It, it makes the most sense for the 49ers right now. Let's roll. That doesn't mean you can't still develop a quarterback sure. later, too, whether it's Beathard or another guy they draft this year, you know, second, third, fourth round, whatever. Keep it going. Keep developing quarterbacks, man. And then you don't ever have to dip that high for a quarterback again in the draft. It's just, you know, you'll be in a spot like the Patriots or like some other teams have been where you don't have to spend that. You don't have to be terrible and then spend those high draft picks chasing a quarterback, really chasing your tail. Because a lot of those, some of those teams just don't get better like the Browns. I don't want to be in that situation ever. So that's why I love this move. And um, yeah, so should we get to some mailbag here? Yeah, let's rock. I mean, we could sit here and talk about injuries and talk about new guys that they bring on all night. You know, but but you know, everybody knows what's going on. Yeah, let's let, let's talk. Let's do questions, man. Let's do that. Okay. Oh, you know what? One more thing I want to say about that is that ten million dollar difference in free agency between mm-hmm. Cousins and Garoppolo. That's another player. That's a yeah, whole, That's easily. another very good starting caliber player. Right. For ten million dollars a year. So yeah, you look at some of these high priced free agent wide receivers that went out and signed these one year deals. They were like seven, eight, nine million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely for one year. Yeah, I mean, you bring in you bring in a weapon for this young quarterback, and yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think you take a big step. All right, let's start the cover three mailbag off. I, we got a lot of questions here, so maybe we'll try to do a rapid fire situation. I like it as long as we are. All. <laughs> Everybody who took time, they're going to get quit. All right, they're in. Uh, first one, I want to shout out Jason. Very active here with Locked On Forty Nine ers. Get involved with the mailbags. He had a good one for the the team yearbook video title. San Francisco 49ers spelled IR. Right? Oh, 49 yeah. IR. I I like that. I think that's 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 a good one. That's got to be a front runner right now. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't have the you, rest. Know, you, you see a lot of the San Francisco O and Niners also. Right. Yeah, seen a lot of that. Yeah, but that's that you know, the, the season's not over. So, yeah, the, the, <laughs> I like that. Well done, Jason. Do you have a list of the I don't think I have those written down I this do. Year. I think I wrote a couple of them down. Let okay, me take good. a look here. Let me pull my notepad back uh yeah there was um i got two of them so i've got low-key tanking oh yes and then off the fingertips oh yeah this is number one with it with yeah, a rocket. Yeah, this definitely surpasses both of those well done jason let me write it down so we don't we don't lose our list here uh so he says also he threw a question in here most speculate that jimmy garoppolo starts versus seattle is a better option waiting until the chicago game the week after Ooh, that's interesting. I think I would say no because yeah. Chicago has a pretty good defense in their own right, mm-hmm. and that's a road game, right? In Chicago, yeah. yeah, the week thirteen. So I'd rather Jimmy play at home against the rival Seahawks, and I mean, because it's not going to get be that much better or that much worse of a defense in Chicago. Chicago Bears, that's their strength is on D, and you're you know you got the early morning game and the travel and everything. Go through the bye week, get them prepped for that game, and have them ready for it. That's I would say go Seahawks and let's roll. And you know, especially if Joe Staley's back, then absolutely and one hundred percent, let's let's do it. Yeah, I mean the offensive line definitely plays a big role in this thing. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that you got to just go with Seattle. I don't I don't mind the thought of keeping them till Chicago. I mean, maybe you even you know keep him out. Still, it, it just really all comes down. To does he understand what he's doing out there on the field? Because if he doesn't, he can get hurt and they can look even worse, you know, and that's that's gonna be tough to do at this point. But yeah, I mean, if he's ready to go, I mean, like I said, I roll him out this weekend. Let's let's see what he can do. I, I'm down to, you know, not even wait that long. You know, it's just a bad <laughs> if you if you're gonna start talking about defenses and caliber of defenses, you're talking about a New York Giants team that's what, one in seven right yeah. now. I mean, they're they're a really bad football team. And the, the Seahawks aren't what they used to be on defense, but they're they're still pretty solid. Yeah, I saw a stat today about uh, the two teams being 1-7 and seven and 0-9, and the combined records there of two teams facing each other this late in the season. 
with only mm-hmm. one win. You have to go back to like 1994. It was the Browns and I can't remember what team, the Oilers uh, or something like that. Of course it was the Browns. Yeah, Browns and Oilers maybe. But uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, so this is, this is an epic matchup right now. This has major <laughs> draft implications, by the way, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to look at it. I'm actually going to be at the game this weekend up in the press box. That'll oh, be that's fun. Right. On official yeah, doing, work capacity. Yeah, yeah doing cool. a little work for CBS Media. That'll be fun. Shout out to all the media folks that we have on the show. I'm sure uh, they'll be excited to talk to Mr. Nick Winkler from the Winky Wednesday, the famous Winky Wednesday. Oh, they're going to be so excited. You know, this is the fa- everyone's favorite episode of the week. You know that, right? Every time I talk to somebody, they're like, I really like that Winky Wednesday. You guys are great together. Yeah, I pay them a lot of money to say that. <laughs> they all have the last name Winkler, which I thought was odd. <laughs> all right. Let's get oh, this. Hi, my name is uh, Adam Winkler. <laughs> Let's keep this going. We're not going to get to all these if we... uh, Right, let's go. Next. All right, Steve, your thoughts on Lynch shaking Hyde's hand after the ejection. Good move or bad move? Awesome. Yep, love it. Absolutely. In agreement there. Dude, that was so cool. It's true, man. Stick up for your quarterback. You know, that's, you know, if it's a a tie game and, you know, it's a playoff game and this and that, then, you know, it's a different story. But your your quarterback's been taking a beating all day. You're you're a bad football team. Good for you, Carlos Hiding. Good for you, John Lynch, too, for just being like, yeah, that's what we want on this football team. I'm not surprised either that John Lynch. No, no, not even because that's something Lynch would do. (laughs) Right. Uh, Let's go to Steven. He says, what rookies backups do you guys think will shine while the roster is decimated? I think, um, let's see, Eric Magnuson. Did an okay job filling in at tackle. Like him better at guard. Wouldn't mind seeing him get a little more play at guard the rest of the season. I think there's another question about playing him at center. And I'm okay with that, too. See yeah, see where he, he can play. He like, that, sure. This is development mode, man. Let's get those guys working. Yeah, Jinbert says when Staley comes back and Brown moves back to playing right tackle, should the Niners try Magnuson at center instead of Kil- Kilgore? Um, I think mean, you should try anything at this right. point. Yeah, especially during the week in practice. Work all these guys in. See see where they can play. We're in development mode. We are in evaluation mode the rest of the year. So, yeah, nothing nothing's off limits there for me. Yeah, I, I really liked it. You know, Kelly Witherspoon's getting a shot out there. That That's yes. a whole lot of fun to see. I, how, we got to talk about Foster really quickly. I, I can't believe I didn't lead with that. My boy actually played a whole game and looked like <laughs> yes. the stud they drafted. That, that was really fun to see. That was fun. The young rookie. Finally yeah. playing his first game, starting it and finishing it, and being able to go head up. And how many times did he meet with Adrian Peterson, oh, the future yeah, Hall of Famer? So that was, that was a really cool matchup. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of Witherspoon, Ray asks, do you guys think Witherspoon is an upgrade over Robinson so far? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I don't know about an upgrade, but it's I don't know if it's much of a downgrade either. Robinson, you know, didn't didn't do much at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't miss Robinson one bit. No, I, I think Witherspoon's played better, and I think yeah? has potential to play a lot better. Going yeah, forward. the potential is definitely there. You can yeah. see it. Absolutely. Let's see. Where are we at here? Oh, Stephen had a second part to his question. Uh, what's your go-to winter beer? Ooh. Oh, see, mine's easy, dude. Yeah, I, I think I know what yours is. Mine is I tend to stay away from the middle of the spectrum where the uh-huh. Oktoberfest beers are and stuff right. uh, and the Ambers and the Porters. I like to go really refreshing lighter beers or like Belgian wit beers. And stuff like that. Or I like to go straight to the stout. So I stay away from the middle. So I'd say for a winter beer, uh, any stout really. Uh, I had a, a crazy beer. I don't go for the ones that are have a ton of flavors in them. You know, there's a lot that have, um, especially with the wheat beers and they have grapefruit and, you know, all this stuff. I'm not super into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a beer by Fieldwork, which right now is probably my by far my favorite brewery. I've never had a bad beer that Fieldwork makes. They're a local Bay Area brewery. I think they're based in Berkeley. Um, but they had like a chocolate milk stout or something like that. 
that was out. That sounds un- like lunch. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was like a dessert almost, but it was yeah. not like overly sweet where it's like, oh, what is this sugary crap? It was just so well done, and that's why all their beers are so good. If I go somewhere and they have one beer on tap, it's field work. I don't even look at what style of beer it is. I'm like, yeah, I'll have that. So you think you know what mine is? Let's hear it. Let's hear the guess. Um, I was going to say something like it's an amber-ish, maybe like moose drooler or something like that. <laughs> that's a good just everyday drink for me. Okay. But, I mean, my, my go-to like holiday brew like around this time of year is as soon as it comes out, I, I buy a six-pack and then I usually buy one right before it goes away. And, and that is the, the Anchor Steam Christmas Ale. I, I love oh. that stuff so much. Every year it's got a different design on the bottle. Man, that stuff is so good. I like that they do different stuff different t- times of the year. It's just mm-hmm. that a lot of times it's the winter stuff I'm not super into. But yeah. I'll, I'll try you know something. I had the other day, which I really liked, which I hadn't had, is the Lagunitas Born Yesterday. I'm not a big hoppy guy, and this was actually it, – it just didn't, like, pack that, like, overly hop. Like, I felt like I was, you know, drinking just straight hops. Right. You know, it, it was really good. Yeah, they make a good one called – I think it's called Daytime Ale. And yeah, so, yeah, I've had that one too. Yeah, that is a fractional one. IPA, and so it's mm-hmm. it's got that hoppiness, but it's also very drinkable, very refreshing. I like that one a lot. Also, I like the uh, little something something that they do. Yeah, of that's course. That's that's a little thick though. That's thicker. That's more like a wheat. That's like a hoppy wheat. It's like a, a IPA. Right. That's like I can't really drink beer. more than two of those. Yeah, and they're they're pretty strong too. Yeah. Here we go. Where are we at here with this stuff? Let's go to Matthew. Even if the 49ers had Tom Brady at quarterback. Would he still have success with the turnstile offensive line and the amount of drops by the receivers? Also, why doesn't Shanahan run the ball more, help slow down the speed rush a little? I'm going to start with the second part and say I have no idea why he won't run the ball more. Yeah, Carlos Hyde's averaging four yards a carry, so it's not like he's doing terribly. Stick with it, man. Stick with the run. It helps so much. It'll help, it'll help in the fourth quarter on offense. It'll help your defense stay off the field. It'll slow down the pass rush. There's so much benefit to running the ball more, even if it's not, you know, even if you're not crushing the ball with the run. And I understand throwing the ball a lot when you're down, two-minute drills and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, it's it's getting a little frustrating to run the ball more, man. We Your best players yeah. on offense is Carlos Hyde, and he's averaging four yards per carry on the season, which isn't bad. Pound it, man. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned it, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, that some of the highest percentages of uh, the passing has been through the play action. And if you want that to increase even more, actually run the ball. Right, yeah. You know, and, and make that threat more viable. So, so yeah, I, I definitely don't understand. I mean, you know, we saw it in the Super Bowl, obviously. Shanahan and his play calling, you know, went away from that quickly. Um, but, yeah, you know, like you said, man, your best player on the field is Hyde. And, and you know, Brita, you know, he looks pretty legit. So I, I, I do get a little bit lost as, as to why they don't run the ball more. It's maybe they, you know, they get stopped once or twice and he's like, okay, that's not working. Right? We got we to gotta knock this off. And, yeah, that, that definitely gets frustrating. As for the first part, you know, Hard to say. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time with Brady, and you know maybe the ball just comes off his hand perfectly, and that's why he doesn't have the kind of drops that that other quarterbacks get. And, and his release is so quick, and his he can process a defense so quickly, and he throws his guys open, and this and that. And so it'd be hard for me to say that he would do as poorly behind a bad offensive line just right. because he is Tom Brady. Yeah, ball placement would definitely help. There's been some drops due to bad ball placement from oh, Beathard. Sure, but what I think about is. The 49ers literally might have won four or five games if Tom Brady was the quarterback in those games that were very close. I think Tom Brady makes at least, you know, three points difference per game for your team. I would I would hope. Right. I would think it's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So those all five games in a row that you lost by three points or more 49ers might have a winning record right now. They might be five and four. So there you go. To that extent, I think someone like Tom Brady would make a huge difference. But the point is also (laughs) valid that. 
yeah, like last week, maybe less less so. You know, earlier right. in the season, yeah, but last week getting hit a ton, uh, per, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, the only person I think that could have withstood a last week kind of thing is like a, a Cam Newton or maybe Aaron Rodgers or, you know, a Deshaun Watson before he went out. You know, somebody that can make plays with their feet as well and really just, you know, kind of limit that pass rush a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anthony, do I think Victor Bolden Jr. Oh, I think he says, do you think Victor Bolden Jr. will get time in the slot? I think he's going to bust one on special teams. Yeah, I do think I like the way he returns the ball. He got hit actually mm-hmm. a couple times last. <laughs> he's fearless running through those, uh, trying to find those those gaps and hit him on the on the return game. But uh, I would love to see him get like Bolden and Kendrick Bourne. I mean, if Taylor's going to be out and Pierre Garcon's going to be out, I mean, right. Aldrick Robinson is Aldrick Robinson going to be a big piece of the future? Let's see what we got in these guys. Like I yeah. said before, development evaluation. Get Bolden, start Bolden and Kendrick Bourne. I don't care. Yeah, why not? Yeah, see see what these guys are. I mean, at this point, you know, you're not really trying to win football games. You know, you don't want to lose, but at the same time, yeah, yeah, let's roll some guys out there, put them in different spots, see how they, re- you know, react in the slot, see how they react on the right, on the left, things like that. Of course, I mean, they they just signed Lewis Murphy again. You know, it's like, you know, is he a big part of the future? Probably not. So, yeah, yeah, I, I love the idea of getting some of these young guys that, you know, the beginning of the season, you're like, yeah, we really like these guys. Well, now's the time, you know, thrust them in there. Let's see what they got. All right, let's move on to Jaime, who asks, which of the 16 hits Beathard took would have knocked <laughs> Garoppolo out of the game? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know Garoppolo's toughness. I know how handsome he is, but that's about it. He's pretty well built, man. 6'2", man, 225 guy. or something like that. Uh, you can tell he doesn't skip days in the weight room. Um, but he did get knocked out of his second start when he's supposed to fill in for Tom Brady for four games, so they had to go to Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he was fantastic in that Miami game he got knocked out of, by the way, too. Uh, both those first two games of 2016 that he started. But um, I think the one, well, there was the late hit, and it was kind of up around the neck area that started the whole fight at the end of the game. I thought that one might have been the one. But really when I thought Bethard was going to leave the game was when he hit his hand on one of the linemen, one lineman helmet. Like he hit somebody's helmet. I don't know who, if it was uh, one of the offensive linemen or the defensive linemen, but he's shaking his thumb shaking his hand after the play i was thinking oh man he's got to come out if you can't grab the ball you got to come out of the game but he stuck it out yeah i know i wonder what that hand looked like you know on monday morning it was just purple or something no there's there was like two or three times where hits looked identical where he's just like throwing and then drilled right in the face (laughs) any one of those would knock anyone out you know if you just get you know get hit in the right spot your teeth clink together and all of a sudden you know you're seeing stars so again Props to C.J. Beathard, toughest guy you know I've seen in a long time on a football field. Uh, Jaime doubled up, but let's go with this one to end it here. He says, "Do you think Garoppolo wants top five QB money?" Well, I, don't, I mean, I have no I- idea what he's asking. Everybody for. wants top right, five. Yeah, I want top. I want like yeah. I want bottom five QB money. I know, right? I want practice squad money. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know what he's asking for, but you. I mean, he's. He's th- he's attempted less passes than C.J. Beathard in his career. You can't command a certain salary. So I think right. that's where, and I think this is go- going back to how we started the, the podcast, talking about the Garoppolo stuff with the sign and trade and that tag is out there still, the franchise tag. The 49ers might have to use that if Garoppolo's people do play hardball and try to ask for top five QB money because you just can't get that right now. You, you can't no. command that. And if they want that, they might have to go the route that Cousins did. And go under the cat, go under the franchise tag for a year, and then maybe go under the franchise tag for a year again. And I would hate to be in the position that the Redskins are in. That would be really rough. So 
for that one reason, I don't mind the idea that the 49ers might even throw out there that, hey, you know, we have the tag and we could still trade you. And so yeah. I, that's why that's, you know, there's there's a little bit of leverage there in that. And I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope he signs tomorrow. But I, I don't want to do that year-to-year thing and go under the franchise tag. And I don't think the 49ers brass, brass wants to do that either. No, I think you're right. And I think you do have to keep that on the table, the the, the possible dangle, you know, just to, for contract, you know, where I don't know if you watched the press conference with Lynch and Shannon when they were first introducing him. And yeah, Lynch is just like, yeah, you know, his agent's right over there, you know, and this and that. And we really want this guy. And it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that. They know that they're going to, you know, the, the price is going to be high when they first ask. But, you know, let's not overpay for this guy. Let's not get crazy with it. You know, this is you're still trying to build something here. You know, there's a lot of pieces that need to be put into place. And. I just, I'm, yeah, the fact that he hasn't, you know, CJ Beathard's throw more passes than him says a lot. It really does. I mean, this is a system this guy may not even pick up. So there, you know, there's a lot of time between now and, and when that decision needs to be made to see how much money we, we actually shell out for this guy. Absolutely right. It'll be interesting to see if he earns more or less after he starts playing. I mean, watching the 49ers going 0 9, maybe going 0 10 coming out of the bye, and um, CJ Beathard runs in there. And if he starts to look really good with the same team, you might be like, oh, man, we got to up that offer a little bit, right? Because it's like, okay, <laughs> wow, he's ready to roll and he's legit and it's like a, just a huge difference. But if it's like, you know, bad team, bad offense, no weapons, and he struggles, which is kind of what I expect to happen. I expect him to look better, but I still expect the team to struggle a little bit. Then it's like, look, dude, he's not that much better. We're not going to give him $30 million a year. So maybe, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe his agent's helps. like, yeah, don't play if you if you can help it. Yeah, and then maybe he'll be like, oh, man, I got hit a few times. Let's not get hurt and then make nothing. You know, let's right. not tear an ACL, and then I have I can't make squat in the offseason in a contract, uh, in contract discussions, you know. So there's a lot of ways it can go, and it'll be interesting to see if the 49ers or his people want to play it out and want him to play more and earn more or if they're ready to do something now. And the fact that his agent was in town, I mean, you know, part of that is just agents are going to be around anyways when the big move like that happens. But yeah, I imagine they, they're pretty close. And if you believe in him and I believe in him right now. So let's say if you're close in negotiations, then it's like, ah, you know what? Let's just go for it because I just, the year to year thing and playing under the tag, I, I, I really don't like that. Yeah, I think, you know, they probably will have to overpay a little bit for the guy. But, yeah, I mean, those numbers are not going to come anywhere near Kirk Cousins. Because, you know, if you think that this guy is going to be your future and you believe in him and you like what you see in practice, you like how quickly he picks up the offense and how quickly he can digest what he's seeing in front of him, then, yeah, you you give this guy, you know, a nice healthy chunk of change to, to be the leader of your football team. And you need a quarterback to win in the NFL. Yeah. I totally agree. Hit the water anytime you want on your new electric party boats. Wow. All right, let's uh, let's get on out of here. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks everybody for those mailbag questions. Always fun. Nick, thanks as always for joining me here on the show. My pleasure. Follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Follow Nick on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. Be back tomorrow right here on Lockdown 49ers. See you.